21CL Radio. You're listening to the Run Your Life podcast with host Andy Vassar. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my Run Your Life podcast series. Uh, my good friend and wife, Neela Steele, and I are about to record our seventh episode of Four Times Mindfulness. But before getting into that, uh, I just wanted to, to share uh, the idea that Neil and I are devoting this episode to new beginnings because we are currently in our new home, which is uh, part of the King Abdul University of Science and Technology. Uh, it's located right on the Red Sea, uh, outside Jeddah, about 80 kilometers, and we're feeling very grateful for being a part of this community. I would uh, I guess define it initially as being an institution of learning excellence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in our one week here, we've learned quite a bit about the community and, and what it offers, and we feel really lucky to be a part of it. We do. We feel very fortunate, and it's been amazing the first week. It's, uh, we're taking it day by day. It's amazing. It's also overwhelming, and... Uh, we are just doing our best to settle in here. Yeah, and I think we've handled it quite well. And so we're far. excited, very excited. Yeah. Why don't you set the scene where we're recording right now? We're sitting in an outdoor shaded cafe, and we are looking at the Red Sea. It is gorgeous. It's probably, I'm going to guess it's about 35 degrees, but feels a little more like into the 40s. Yeah, and, and we're... You know, we're under shade and it's, it's tolerable, uh, but quite warm. And we're drinking copious amounts of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shall I begin? Yes, please okay. do. So going into this week, I was reminded again, uh, talking about new beginnings. And I think mindfulness plays an important role in new beginnings. And new beginnings by that, I don't mean that you actually have to move to a new country like we have. I can mean, uh, I think it means any new change in our life. And sometimes we, be, we become consumed with that new change and we lose focus of what's around us. So this week I, I wrote a blog post about uh, a great quote that I once read in uh, Austin Kleon's book, Steal Like an Artist. Um, you can find that on Amazon and you can search for Austin Kleon on Twitter. Um, A-U-S-T-I-N. His last name is Kleon, K-L-E-O-N. Uh, but a really good book all about where we get our creative ideas from and to what extent we steal and to what extent we, we might borrow, modify, but definitely give credit. Mm -hmm. So the quote that uh, I want to share with you right now, I'm just going to read it. It is, steal from anywhere that resonates with inspiration or fuels your imagination. Devour old films, new films, music, books, paintings, photographs, poems, random conversations, architecture, bridges, street signs, trees, clouds, bodies of water, light and shadows. Select only the things 
to steal uh, that speak directly to your soul. If you do this, your work, your theft will be authentic. And that was uh, written by Jim Jarmusch. Um, so Austin Kleon included that tweet in his book, and I wrote a blog post about three years ago on it. I wrote another blog post about it last year, and I'm just reminded again about when you're in a new place, you sometimes lose focus on your surroundings and you become consumed with um, the things you have to do to fit in. But I want to use this quote to remind people about the importance of being aware and being mindful of everything that's around you that serves as a learning tool to kind of fuel your inspiration forward in whatever role um, whatever role you're working in or whatever role you're playing so does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think being in a new place everything is sort of it's like being in the middle of Times Square you're starting to notice lights and sounds and action all around you that as you said you sort of lose focus yeah. on on what's important because you're bombarded yes. by everything else around you I definitely feel a heightened sense of um, maybe awareness of our environment certainly the heat when you arrive in Jeddah immediately and we are now starting new jobs, uh, new in different positions, and uh, it's it's been a challenge to just remain present to the moment and not get super hyped up about what's down the road. Yeah, and again, it just I think remembering just to be aware. So whether it's a walk to your new supermarket, whether it's a walk around your new school or new neighborhood or meeting new people, just remain open and aware of everything happening happening around you. Not to overstimulate yourself, but to just be aware and open to those, those things. And you said new, but I think you can bring some new awareness into your familiar environment and into your, your familiar school. You might just take a, a pivot and start to look more at different details or things you may have not noticed before so it doesn't necessarily have to be or change up the way you walk to your office walk in a different part of the school yeah it doesn't necessarily have yeah. to be new look at the walls look at the displays um, all right so it doesn't have to be new mm -hmm. in our case it is very new but I think that's why I referenced the idea of um, as you alluded to it doesn't have to be new it can be just any kind of uh, new way uh, to look at things in your existing life wherever that may be and whatever you may be doing so that's my seed of mindfulness that I wanted to kickstart the seventh installment with now Neela Steele is going to take it away with seed number two seed number two I know your theme is about new beginnings uh, but I'm going to go a little bit into the past I was reminded today when I looked at my Facebook uh, feed that it was 71 years ago today Today is August 6th, and Hiroshima, a place that is in our hearts because we spent uh, just under a decade there, about nine years there, this place and its people were bombed 71 years ago using a nuclear weapon. So this is actually from my friend uh, Joy Walsh's post, 
that she says, let's not forget the importance of diplomacy and peaceful negotiations that are still relevant today. And I immediately connected with a practice that comes from Amy Saltzman, who wrote a book called Still Quiet Place, which is a great, complete, comprehensive curriculum if you want to begin mindfulness in your educational role or wherever you may be. And the acronym PEACE is used to practice your own internal peace and moving definitely throws you off guard. You you don't know where your footing is and you're still searching and finding it. So that's one of the things that I love about mindfulness to sort of dispel the myth that it's not about bliss and relaxation on the beach, but it's about getting through those daily irritants that happen to all of us. So I'm gonna go through the acronym where P stands for purposely pausing and it's when you realize that something is annoying and so you're just taking that pause E is for the exhale you might take an exaggerated sigh and uh, one of the things I remember was when I was doing a breathing exercise before I read another article that said actually when you begin to exhale and lengthen that exhalation you're actually tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system which is the rest and digest system so you are telling your brain that everything's okay so you can exhale during this moment where you feel irritated or annoyed and A can stand for just acknowledging um, you can acknowledge that you are not in control of whatever this is, but you are in control of the fact that you might not let it bother you to the extent that it normally would. Where was I? P-E-A-C. Uh, Thank you. C is adding a bit of lightness to it. You might add a little bit of comedy to the moment if you can accept it at that time. And maybe some clarity by pausing Maybe you can strip away what's really bothering you here. Are you tired? Are you fatigued? Is this a little bit of irritation displacement? But just bring some clarity into it. And then G-E-A-C-E, yes, thank you, is to finally, when you're ready to engage, um, know that this moment has passed and you've paused and you've exhaled and then you've accepted and you've brought some clarity into this moment and then when you're ready you can engage again with the situation or the people and with your life that's beautiful so i'm slightly distracted by the the sound of the cutlery on the plate but yeah it's, people just it's, bear with that because we were we got set up here and and the cafe wasn't opened and we thought perfect and as soon as we hit the record button uh -huh. A couple workers came in, um, so just to excuse the background noise, but we're going to keep rolling with it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something about the exhale, and I found myself this week in a couple meetings, especially the initial meetings with all new people. Actually, on a side note, we've been very lucky in the fact that um, we're coming to a school where we, we must know already 10 to 12 people, I think, mm -hmm. about that. So it's nice to, we feel like the seeing familiar faces helps you settle in more quickly. 
uh, into our new roles, but it still doesn't take away kind of the anxiety and stress of, of going to a new place. But I found myself this week in a couple initial meetings, uh, my shoulders were quite tight and, yes. and up higher, like it was almost as if I was doing a shrug mm-hmm. and I was holding them higher and and I felt like my chest and everything just a little tighter than normal. So I actually put that into practice and I kind of exhaled a few times to to relax and kind of soften everything up and that and that helped because it's sometimes we're not aware of what our body's doing in even though it doesn't seem so stressful, new situations can cause an element of stress. So being aware of your own body sensations and and kind of um, realizing that. So the exhale this week helped me to relax into some new meetings that were a little stressful. Absolutely. Connecting with your own body sensations is definitely a key element in mindfulness because then you get to know the patterns of is my body tense during this time? And also during the blissful moments, is my body light and relaxed? So I like that. And I also had a few moments during the long sessions of meetings and sitting for long periods of time that I was feeling fatigued and just taking a few breaths to kind of relieve that. I think anybody who's sat in long meetings sometimes understands that they're needed. And we were very aware that we were being given information. We were being given information that that is very important to us. So that allowed us to kind of like sit for longer without being distracted. But anyways, I'll move into my uh, third seat of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So my third uh, seat of mindfulness actually has to do with our school here and its vision. Um, So the Coast School has a vision to be a beacon school. And they have really committed themselves, administration, uh, teachers, to this vision of that I feel embodies teacher well-being as much as student learning. And uh, I made a point in, in a, to say something in a meeting earlier in the week that a lot of schools bang on about student learning and student achievement being at the forefront of everything that the school does. And I find sometimes when that's the case... Um, oftentimes teacher well-being and whether or not the teachers and administrators are in a good place uh, play second fiddle Mm. you know and is not as important because the focus is all on students well our school the uh, director of the school Madeline Hewitt had a great session along with the other administrators talking about this um, and now they used a, a river they had a consultant come in I forget his name right now I'll find it out and put it in the show notes. But he came in and he uses this analogy or metaphor of the tributaries. And kind of, instead of starting off at the big body of water, which would be student learning, student achievement, summative assessment, all of these big ideas and and our need to impact only those, he challenges administrators and teachers to move upstream and to begin upstream. And by beginning upstream, you're actually looking at the teacher. You're looking at teacher well-being and administrator well-being. And you're looking at different elements of what that well-being represents. Mm -hmm. So the way we communicate with our colleagues, the relationships that we build with our colleagues, the collaboration that takes place within our departments, um, those those big ideas uh, that help to empower teachers upstream so that the end result 
when it trickles downstream is enhanced student learning and creating these rich learning environments that are full of energy and inspiration and motivation. And it's a hard thing to achieve, but when administration, teachers, and all stakeholders are involved and believe in that upstream, starting upstream mentality, it can only result in a win-win situation for teachers and students. So that really resonated with me because my consulting and all the work I've done over the last three or four years has been about that. And I didn't really know that they took on that mentality until that meeting. I knew it was a good place, but to be a part of an institution that that really um, stresses that upstream mentality makes me feel like I can be the best that I can be in my new role. Absolutely. But that's all related to mindfulness. It's your it it, it definitely with the self-awareness of all the healthy habits that you are creating for yourself will definitely flow into your your career and your passions and what you consider to be work or lifelong learning. It definitely feels like it's just gonna have this overflow effect. Yeah, so just quickly before Neela goes into her fourth seat, if you are an administrator or you are a department head in physical education or a leader in education and you're listening to this, I really challenge you, um, not that you're not doing it already, but I, I challenge you, even if it's with yourself, to begin in that upstream place um, and to, to just really commit yourself to longer periods of time devoted to that upstream place and just to be aware of the impact and the result that it has on those around you. Uh, not easy to do, but when we become conscious of it and we and we at least attempt to put it into practice with more regularity, I think it can only have positive uh, effects on what we do. On to Neela Steele for the last seat of mindfulness for today's seventh episode of Four Times Mindfulness. Thank you, Andy Vasley. Uh, I'm going to focus on a quote that um, I saw. It was, um, again, on Facebook, and I'm going to read the quote out. Life is amazing, and then it's awful, and then it's amazing again, and in between the amazing and the awful, it's ordinary and mundane and root and routine. Breathe in the amazing, hold on through the awful, and relax and exhale during the ordinary. That's just living, heartbreaking, soul-healing, amazing, awful, ordinary life, and it's breathtakingly beautiful. And this is a quote by L.R. Nost. So I wanted to take this quote kind of apart because we have been on an incredibly just epic journey from living in Nanjing, China, to trying to smoothly obtain our visas for Saudi, to preparing and anticipating and moving to to Saudi Arabia and now being here, um, I, it, it's so true. Life is amazing and then it's awful. Everyone has something awful that happens to them in life and we never, we never know what the next day holds. We make plans and we think that we are in control of our schedules and what happens at the end of the month, but we're not and we're sort of fooling ourselves and, and 
it was interesting at the beginning, Andy kept, you kept saying new change, but there, there's change every day. It, it's, it's not necessarily you have to pick up and move countries and be airdropped into another international school for change to happen. And um, I just think it's a good reminder because, again, when things feel like they're slightly stagnant or you feel like you're stuck, you do feel like things are ordinary and mundane. But during the summer holidays, we had uh, four weeks off and our, our schedules were sort of up and down and dependent upon who we had to go see and family and friends. And I realized I was craving at that time a sort of ordinary scheduled existence, even though we were on holiday and that's when everybody believes that things should be a certain way and again that's fooling ourselves that we're in control of this holiday so when you begin to just relax and exhale during the ordinary it's true it is just just living and what we do have control over is again how we respond and I always link mindfulness to the breath but it's not only the breath but the breath is definitely there to help you during all these ups and downs of life. And um, I really feel that that quote just sort of embodies everything about mindfulness. I think that's a really nice quote. We'll put that in the show notes. Um, and when you say life is awful, absolutely, you know, bad things can happen. And, you know, I would, I would say that we are in control of our, our destiny to an extent in, and the schedules that we choose. But as you say, those unknowns suddenly take place that throw us off. So it's those unknowns that we can't control. We can control our schedules, but we can't control the unknowns that will suddenly For example, present like, themselves. Yeah, you've been planning a, a lifelong dream trip, and there's a natural disaster. Yeah, sorry, we're, they're just we're rolling. Restarting. We're going to close it up now because yeah. we're just... They're getting ready for the lunchtime buffet or something here. But um, anyways, um, thank you very much for listening. We're just going to do a quick recap. So uh, my first seat of mindfulness was the Jim Jarmusch uh, quote about stealing from everywhere that resonates with inspiration or fuels your imagination. And the only way that we can do that is being very mindful of our surroundings and aware of everything happening around us and to take it in and learn from it. Uh, my my second seat of mindfulness was the Amy Saltzman peace practice, as this is the anniversary of the 71st um, bombing of Hiroshima, Japan. The third seat of mindfulness was the idea of beginning upstream, and that big body of water represents student learning and student achievement, but don't start there, start upstream. Uh, where it impacts teachers and administrators the most and it has to do with well-being and mindfulness plays a huge role uh, in that upstream kind of mentality that you would take uh, along with you in this practice. And our final seat of mindfulness was the L.R. Nost quote on just uh, breathing through your amazing, awful, ordinary and mundane lives. So there you have it, our seventh episode of Four Times Mindfulness. Neela Steele, I love being a part of this journey with you, so thank you for co-hosting this series with me. Love these. Um, we will record the eighth session next week. Um, so 
If you are finding inspiration from the, this uh, podcast in any way, we hope you can shoot us a tweet and um, let us know your thoughts. We really appreciate hearing from people who listen to the podcast. So thank you very much, and we will talk to you soon. Yes, namaste, which means the light in me, the light and divine in me, salutes the light and divine in all of you. Have fun. Thanks for listening to the Run Your Life podcast by Andy Bassett. To check out show notes, get some more information about Andy as well as his guests, head to our website, 21clradio.com.